Well, good morning. Greet each one in Christ's name. It is a true honor and a privilege to be here with you this morning, praising God. And the good thing is, this ain't my message, it's God's message. But as you looked up over the past year, each one of us, like Kevin said, like we didn't know what was coming at the beginning of last year, what came throughout the year. And as we look on to the next year, we don't know what's coming. But we serve a faithful God. And that's my title this morning, The Faithfulness of God. You know, as you looked over last year, some of you might have faced or looked stared death in the eyes. Some of us might have had loved ones that died. Some of us might have had life-altering changes in our lives. And with that, I would like to uh, echo Kevin's word. I appreciate you as a congregation so much, especially over the past year. Thank you so much for praying for me and my wife and family this past year with the whole changes that brought it into our lives. We need to continue to pray for each other each and every day. Lift each other up to God that we can all remain faithful to him because he is a faithful God to us. Some of us might have um, had different sicknesses over the past year, but could you feel and could you sense and could you see the faithfulness of God to you or to me? This past week, um, I was listening to the testimony of the missionaries down there in um, Haiti that escaped and such a tremendous testimony of God's faithfulness to them of performing miracle after miracle and allowing them to escape from their situation. But my question to you this morning is, does God's faithfulness rely on the outcome of a situation? Or do we associate God's faithfulness to how our situation we're going through or somebody else is going through, how the outcome is outcome of it do we associate the outcome of situation to God's faithfulness let's go to Genesis 8 Genesis 8 chapter 8 verses 20 through 22 And here, it's talking about Noah, how God was faithful to him and told him to build that ark. And how he told him to, or the size to make it and everything, and how to bring all the animals into the ark and bring all the food in. And how they were on there for how long? It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And with God's faithfulness, Noah and his sons and their wives were all saved. In, chat, or in verse 21, the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So he's here, see God 
promised Noah that he would never destroy the earth again with a flood. And he has for so many years remained faithful to that promise. And every year there's um, cold and heat, seed time and harvest. God faithfully kept that promise all these years. So we could say in the story of Noah that God was faithful to Noah. He spared him from the destruction of the flood. And then faithfulness in keeping his promises that he promised to Noah. Let's go to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, verses 19 through 28. And here it's talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how they were supposed to bow down to that idol, and they would not, and the king gave them another chance, like, just bow down. And you don't see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saying, well, yeah, I'll just do it this one time, nobody will see. Or we'll kneel down and worship, but not worship the image that this is the only time no they stood for what they believed and was God faithful to them and taking them through that Daniel chapter 3 starting at verse 19 then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach Meshach and Abednego therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies a fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word, and yield their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. So we can say again that God was faithful to them in allowing them to not be destroyed or burnt. He allowed them to come through the fire with no harm. Then let's go to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel 
Daniel chapter 6, 18 through 23. And here, starting at the end of the story, but Daniel were the presidents of that time did not like how he um, opened his window up three times a day and prayed to God. So he got the king to make that decree that they could only pray to him and not to God. And yet you don't see Daniel keeping his window shut over that decree. He opened his window and he kept on doing, he kept on being faithful to God. And there in chapter 6, starting at verse 18, Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting, neither was instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in the haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths, that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt? Then was the king exceeding glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. So once again, we can say that God was faithful to Daniel and allowing him to come through the lion's dens without any harm done to him. And we can go, we just studied King David in our quarterly, the last quarter, like in how God is so faithful was to him of delivering him from his enemies time and time again. And there's so many more other examples in the Bible of God's faithfulness to people. But now let's go to Acts chapter 6. There was a um, I was going to read this earlier and forgot. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Now therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments in a thousand generations. So God's faithfulness is generation after generation after generation. Psalms one nineteen ninety says, Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. So God's faithfulness will not and cannot run out as long as we keep his commandments and serve serve him John chapter 6 starting at verse 8 through 15 I'm wrong I want Acts. Acts chapter 6. Acts 
Acts chapter, chapter 6, verse 8, 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. And there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertarians, and the Cyrenians, and the Alexandrians, and of them of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom of the spirit by which he spake. And they subdued, then they suborned men which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses which said, this man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council looked steadfastly on him and saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. And there in chapter 7, then it goes on and basically gives them the history of Israel to this um, Sanhedrin, or the people he is talking to. And then let's go to chapter 7, verse 51. And here he's, yeah, he's continuing to talk to them. He's stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. He do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly unto heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And I believe right now that Stephen could see the faithfulness of Jesus. And said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they were stoned, and they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now let's go to Mark. Chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, starting at verse 14. Through 29. And King Herod, 
heard of him, for his name was spread abroad, and he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead. Well, this year it was right, like Jesus had sent out the disciples to go um, two by two to go spread the um, gospel, and they were out there in the land, like, performing miracles and preaching the word, and um, Herod had heard it, and that's where verse 14, and the king Herod heard of him, for his name was spread abroad, and he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works to show forth themselves to him. Others said this is Elias, and others said that it is a prophet, or is one of the prophets. But when Herod heard, therefore, he said, it is John whom I beheaded. He is risen from the dead. For Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him and would have killed him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and a holy, and observed him when he had heard him. He did many things and heard him gladly. And when a convenient day was come, that Herod on his birthday made a supper to his lords, high captains, and chief estates of Galilee. And when the daughter of the said Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod, and them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, Ask of me whatsoever thou wilt, and I will give it thee. And he sware unto her, Whosoever thou shalt, whatsoever thou shalt ask of me, I will give it thee unto the half of my kingdom. And she went forth and said unto her mother, What shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in straightway with haste unto the king, and asked, saying, I will that thou give me by and by in a charger of the head of John the Baptist. And the king was exceeding sorry, Yet for its oath's sake, and for the sakes which sat with him, he would not reject her. And immediately the king sent an executioner, and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in the prison, and brought his head in a charger, and gave it to the damsel, and the damsel gave it to her mother. When the disciples heard of it, they came and took up his corpse, and laid it in a tomb. Now I ask the question again, does the outcome of a situation define the faithfulness of God? Or is that what we depend on? Or is that how we view God's faithfulness? And I'd like to say to you, it is not. Our situation or how the situation comes out does not pertain at all to God's faithfulness. Sometimes he chooses us, he chooses to bring us through the situation unscathed like we had looked at, but sometimes it is not his will. But he is still a faithful God. Was he not faithful to Stephen and to John the Baptist? Sure he was. He just chose to not bring them through the situation that they were in. So we cannot look at how necessarily what we're dealing with or how it turned out on 
yeah, God's faithfulness, because God is faithful no matter what. And we can lean on that and trust him. And a couple weeks ago in Sunday school, it was brought up like, if, God, if we can't trust God in one little thing, how can we trust him in anything? We have to have faith in him. He is faithful. He is true. So as we look at the coming year ahead of us, nobody knows what they're going to face next year. But are we going to trust God? Are we going to believe in God? Are we going to have faith in God that he can take us through, bring us through? And no matter what happens to us, that God is a faithful God. You know, it doesn't matter who's in the White House. If the Democrats are in control or the Republicans are in control, God is faithful. We don't have to fear what's out there, what's around us, because God is faithful. I came across a story as I was studying for this, and I thought it was pretty good. A group of men were out in an old leaky boat out in the middle of rough seas, and they were starting to bring on water, and they were fearing for their lives. They were getting scared. And the one man went up to the captain and said, Captain, are we safe? He's like, well, I'll put it this way. The boilers on the ship are very weak and may explode at any time. We've got an old, worn-out boat that has holes in We're taking on water. So he said, we could have an explosion, or we could sink. He said, we could either go up, or we could either go down. But, at any, but on any rate, we're going forward. And that's how this next year is. Some of us might go up, or we might all go up, or some of us might go down. But at any rate, we have to keep pressing forward. We've got to keep moving forward. Got to have faith and trust in God that he will take us through and bring us out on the other side faithfully. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. Or I'd like to be, don't be afraid of the coming year. For the Lord thy God, it is he that, it is he that doth go with thee, he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Then in closing, I want to turn to Romans 8 and leave you with these words. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. I'd like to read it again. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, 
nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ. So no matter what comes our way, nothing can separate us from Jesus Christ if we remain faithful to him. So let's pray for each other to remain faithful to God this coming year, no matter what. Because God is with us and he is always faithful. And we need the prayers of each other to remain faithful to him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Lord, just want to thank you so much for being a faithful God, Lord. I just thank you for that. That we can trust you, look to you, just find comfort in that, Lord. I just pray that we would just remain faithful to you as well, Lord, that we could just go out and spread the gospel this coming year. Just keep us all safe this coming year if it's not praying against your will. But that ultimately, we just remain faithful to you no matter what comes our way. And that we just let our light shine, Lord. Just be with those that could not be here today, Lord, for whatever reason. Lord, just pray that you might just bless them. Be with those that are sick, Lord. Just heal them. It's not praying against your will. And that we could just all be with you someday in heaven is what we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.